Hello, and welcome to this recording of the Devon Downloads podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Overton. And as usual, I'm delighted today about the conversation that we're going to have with Sue Allison Dean. Sue has been a nurse for 30 years and has practiced in several different roles over the years. In 1999, however, she had a hard pivot from traditional disease care nursing into one of her passions, nature. Sue is a board-certified advanced holistic nurse and certified clinical aromatherapy professional and the founder of The Nature Nurse, which I love. Um, so we'll, we'll share more about how you can get in touch with her. And so, Miss Sue, welcome to the show, young lady. Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you for, so much for having me. And I just want to say that I admire your courage in um, creating this platform because I think this spiritual level is so needed in nursing and just society in general. And I know that, you know, sometimes you can get pushback from people that it's woo-woo and all this stuff, but I think there's more this growing um, like-mindedness that there is this spiritual realm that we're really not um, uh, connecting with in the way that we could, that would really maximize our happiness and our wellness and all this. So I give you a lot of credit for that. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that, Sue. And um, it's interesting that, you know, when you were saying that, I was getting this, I was remembering this, you could call it a spiritual, I, I don't know, I call them downloads, uploads, whatever you want to call it. It's like, you know, this insight and what I realized too is that um, this was, gosh, this was many years ago now, maybe eight years ago. I couldn't figure out um, if I, like I could check all the boxes, right? I, I meditated, I did yoga, I ate healthy. I had everybody in my family was healthy, all the things. I'm like, why, why am I so unfulfilled? And then I went on the sojourn. It was like, oh, the spiritual piece is what was missing. So I absolutely agree that um, people people can identify it or label it however they want. I feel like there's so much that's a part of our humanness that's unseen or mysterious um, that people are not tapped into or tuned into. So thank you for that acknowledgement. And I feel like a, a lot of our conversation will probably weave in and out of those concepts. So, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and it's funny because um so, so you and I basically met I believe it was LinkedIn one of the platforms yeah yeah and it's funny because before I went on this sojourn I I just assumed that you know um things happen for a specific reason, but I didn't really quite understand the energetics behind it and what I call synergy. Like, I don't think anything happens by accident. And I have very, um, the people that I have on my show is it's for a very specific reason. And it's always driven by my spirit and energy. So it's like, I will be on whatever platform it is. And that's like, okay, I'm feeling Sue. I feel your vibes. I feel your energy. I feel your passion. And so um, I, I just love the synergy of, of how all this works. And so I can't wait. Uh, let's get right to it to share about, um, I mean, the nature nurse, this is the coolest thing ever. So can you just share with the listeners to like as much or as little about your journey? And then I know that we're going to have some conversations specific to some insight just over the last couple months 
um, that we talked about a little bit before. So why don't you just share as much or as little about your journey as a nurse um, that kind of got you to where you are now, Sue? Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I know a lot of nurses who just always knew they wanted to be a nurse and which I think is really amazing. And they um, were able to follow that path. I, however, wanted to be in high school, a marine biologist. And for various reasons, I was dissuaded and at the time didn't have the courage to stand up for myself and pursue that. So um, I went and became a nurse. I liked science. I liked people. So, um, and you know, I'm the kind of person that um, even if I'm the grave digger in the, in the uh, graves, you know, I'm going to be the best grave digger out there. So when I put, put my energy towards something, I'm very passionate about it. I consider myself more of a excellentist versus a perfectionist. Um, so, you know, the, my journey into nursing um, led me to various roles you know, I was a staff nurse um, at Yale, New Haven, which was a great place to work. Also did some um, home care nursing and eventually became a clinical nurse specialist because I really admired at the time that was the only advanced practice role that you could pretty much pursue other than management and, um, you know, s focused on wound ostomy continence patients. I really loved, I was always inspired by the ostomy patients. and. You know, eventually um, we had some um, health issues in the family that I had to kind of lean out of my professional role and, and reprioritize my family. And so I moved closer to home and, you know, eventually we, that person died, my mom, and also we lost two other family members in a close time period, one tragically. And the grief plus working as a, a wound ostomy continence nurse, which, you know, is heavy, heavy stuff. It just all piled in and I knew I was done. I literally had to leave. And, you know, but it opened the space to pursue my love of nature. So I started gardening um, and working in a nursery and I went over to England and I did an internship at um, Prince Charles's private estate at Highgrove in England, which was awesome and eventually started my own business and which led me to meet my husband who's a landscape designer and you know so we really started you know collaboratively working in nature and one of the things for me that was really pivotal is that you know with all this grief and you know people who um, have lost loved ones understand is you just you need to find a way to memorialize them to to go forward, you need to find a, a way to um, repurpose your your life and what their role was in it. So for me, I had so many losses that I couldn't pick one specific cause. So I chose to just use bringing plants into people's life um, to bring light through the plants, and that was just my intention. And it just like all I, it, it was like the universe was like, we love that idea, go. And I literally, you know, created a garden shop. And I never had to advertise, people just flooded in and I was off to the races. And it brought me great joy because I was more in line with something that I was um, passionate about at the time. And, you know, you're outside and the nature was just so healing and there's a lot more that goes into the story. But, um, you know, the whole nature nurse 
came about because at one point I started meditating. This was several years ago. Um, you know, a lot of, I'm the kind of person who I don't just buy into something unless I really feel an experience of myself, even if it's research backed, like, you know, might pique my curiosity. But, you know, I had been hearing more and more about meditation. And um, so I decided to give it a try. And, you know, it's for me, meditation became like wearing your seatbelt. Um, you know, you almost feel unsafe or naked when you get in a car and you don't put it on anymore. So my day always starts with meditating and, and an hour of nature. Um, but through the meditation, I kept getting this, the nature nurse, the nature nurse, it kept bubbling up and I was like, curious about it. And then I started sharing it with some friends and they were like, oh my God, that's so you, you have to do that. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it was something I needed to, to give it, give it a shot. And so a good friend of mine helped me set up the website. I just started blogging and it just like, and you'll understand this with your podcast and your platform is that, you know, once you kind of create it, um, it just takes a, a life of its own and the people you need to meet, you meet new people, more like-minded people experience more joy doing it. And, you know, so I'm really curious and excited to see where it all goes. Okay. So many things I want to, I want to revisit here. <laughs> um, for, okay. I love that you said you're an excellentist versus a perfectionist. Oh my gosh. Yes. More please. <laughs> Except in housekeeping, my husband will say I'm like really horrible and I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I absolutely love that. As a recovering perfectionist, I love when just, you know, uh, especially women call this out because um, that, that's, that would be a whole other broadcast about perfectionism. Um, and this thing about um, we need to find a way to memorialize people. This is extraordinary on so many levels and when you were sharing that of course I was thinking about right now um, in the world that we're living in one of the most gruesome parts of what's happening is that we are not even able to well we're all grieving right but for everything that's going on however if we if we lose a loved one or multiple loved ones um, we don't even have the opportunity to physically be close so I'm not sure this would be a good time to share something that came to you recently about all this, Sue. Yeah, well, you know, like you're saying, uh, well, a couple things. Um, you know, on the topic of grief, I think that yes, that this is an awakening time that we are collectively, again, just like 9/11, collectively we grieved and. Um, Again, and this is also creating dialogue of end of life, what our wishes are. So there's always those silver linings in all this. And don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing the anguish and the pain and the, the horror that's going on. Um, but I was recently in touch, and this you know goes along with what you're talking about with divine downloads, is I... And this was years back, part of the National Nurses and Business Association. There was a newsletter about a nurse who created a pin that um, was for people who were grieving so that they would, you know, because in a, some um, countries, you know, the women would wear black armbands or all black or things like that to show that they were grieving. But here in America, like when you have loss, and you feel like someone's just ripped your heart and your guts out are hanging out of your body, but it, you physically you don't see that. 
it's really painful and you it's helpful to have some way to acknowledge it. Anyway, she created this thing called the grieving pin and I heard it's Heather Taylor. She's in Canada, but I got this all of a sudden, like I just kept feeling her, her thing come up again and I got in touch with her and, um, you know, shared that now would be really a good time for her to really maximize what she's doing because, and she told me that her whole story, she may actually be a really good guest for you. So I won't share her story of how she created it. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a really profound time. And, you know, for me, one of the lessons I learned when, um, you know, my mom was dying is that I have this thing with books that messages, I'll feel a need to pick up a book, whether it's in a library or someone gives it to me or something. And sometimes it's a book that I would never in a million years read. And one example was when my mom was dying, I went to Costco to buy groceries and there was this book from Reverend Schuler, um, and I forget the title, but it, it, I felt drawn to it. Like I couldn't even push my cart and keep going. And I'm like thinking, you know, this isn't what I want to read right now. I just, I don't need anybody. You know, I was very resistant to hearing stuff like that. But anyway, long story short, I bought it. And sure enough, there were two important messages in that book. And one of them was that, um, you know, we always pray for what we want and what we need to do is pray, you know, say a prayer of what should I be praying for? And that was really profound and helped me um, cope through that period of my life because I got really profound answers of what I should be praying for. But in this instance with the pandemic, I did the same thing because, you know, we were all kind of thrown into this, oh my God, what is this? And the answer I got internally, it's not a voice, it's just kind of a knowing, um, was that I should pray for joy. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's, I could do that. I'll pray for joy. And, and then a few days later during my meditation, I had this profound message that came across and it said, the battle is not to survive. The battle is to live in this moment with joy. And it was really strong that I actually like stopped and wrote it down in my journal. And then we have this uh, friend of the family who's a nun who now lives in a, a nun retirement home. And I emailed that message to her. I said, I just got this. And she's, she replied back and she said, you hit it. The same thought came to me and two other nuns this morning. And she said, I would add this to that thought, thrive with joy. And, you know, it was like permission that, you know, this virus is almost like trying to um, get be under our skin with just fear and depression and anxiety and despair. And we need to um, do our best in whatever moments we're in. And I know this is harder for some than others, but as you know, you, the more you practice in this realm, the easier it becomes. And so, you know, while I've been trying to advocate for, you know, the um, protective equipment for the frontline staff and, you know, I do, um, you know, I follow some people on the front line that I try to emotionally uh, support, um, you know, so I'm trying to do what I can do and stay home and all those things. But at the same time, that I think that one of the things we need to give ourselves permission to is to still find joy in this moment because we don't know how much time we have, you know, as someone I know says, tomorrow's promised to no one. So what, if we get to, you know, if tomorrow's our last day, don't we want to enjoy what we have today as best we can, wherever we are with who we are? 
Okay, this is so profound. A couple things I want to circle back to. Yes, to Heather Taylor. She's amazing. And thanks for that shout out for the NNBA. Love Michelle Podlesny and the NNBA. I think this is a great visual, right? It's like a, it's a way to honor. It's a way to uh, give yourself permission to let other know, others know, you know, you're, you're grieving immensely. So thank you for calling that out, Sue. And yes, yes, yes. The battle is to live in this moment with joy, thriving with joy. I, this is so powerful because I think it's like people have this idea that if you're grieving, if and when you're grieving, you can't also have joy. And that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, like you're not allowed to be joyful. Like, let's say somebody loses their spouse and, and maybe they start dating or maybe they, they do something that people are almost like offended by. It's like, wait a minute. Do you think that they're, that the loved one that has passed would want the person to be suffering like that? I don't think so. So I think what you're talking about, Sue, is this idea of we can have both grief, we can have both suffering, and we have space for joy in the same same place. Yeah, and you know, this this is I think you know where I find nature on so many levels is so helpful for all this. Like for example, um, you know, once I learned this concept of memorializing my loved ones who had died and with the, you know, starting with this intention uh, that I talked about, you know, I've been able to process loss and grief a lot quicker because I know now that, you know, I lost um, two very good friends uh, that many will probably know, Chris and Dana Reeve. And, um, you know, that, that was really profound when they both died within such a short period of time, both young and vital and and amazing people and one of the ways that i knew um i turned to was nature and i was able to coordinate with one of the bulb growers over in holland and they were graciously color blends Uh, you can go to colorblends.com they have amazing bulb selection but they um, created two bulbs daffodil bulbs that were different but they bloomed at the same time and we did it as a fundraiser for the Reeve Foundation. And um, it, they, it, we called it Spring Forward. And it raised over $15,000 for the foundation. And they still bloom in my garden. So every time I see them bloom, it just reminds me of them again. And so it, and it fills me with joy that, you know, and I believe in spirit, they're, they're, excited to see that as well so um you know nature is you know as most of us know who've gone through it you know in the beginning when we lose someone people rush in and they bring you meals and they invite you to stuff and they support you but you know life rolls on and they they keep moving on and then there's these big pockets of emptiness that you're still grieving and you need to fill in there i have found that there's no better place than to be in nature, to um, feel supported and feel um, messaging and these divine downloads, as you call. I've had so many experiences from people I've lost out in nature that I don't, it's not just a matter of believing. I know they're still there in some form and they still are connected with us. So, Let's talk a little bit, Sue, about how um, I love the story. I'm totally going to check out colorblends.com. Um, 
and of course they're looking down winking and celebrating every time the 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 flowers come up what a beautiful way to honor them and it's so cool that you were so you lived by them that's when i saw that on your blog i was like oh my gosh this is deep um what was i going to say let's talk a little bit you know my some i a lot of people need like the research or the science, like you were saying before, like you don't just buy into something unless you have an experience. Um, you really need to feel it. So for the people who want to know like legit science or the research, what is it about nature that literally, I feel like it transforms me whenever I'm in nature. Is there a scientific explanation, Sue, that might help people who need to know like the the research? Well, you know, it's really interesting you ask that because there, you probably may have heard of Richard Loeb, who kind of started the more modern movement of um, connecting with nature when he wrote The Last Child in the Woods, which talked about how many kids were being disconnected with from nature through technology and different factors. Um, but since that time, um, at the time there, I think, and don't quote me on the numbers, but there were like 10 studies about nature and its role in health and well-being. And now there's over a thousand studies. Um, and I think as a nurse, you know, we can go back to Florence Nightingale, who said nature alone heals. And she talked about, you know, the light and opening windows and fresh air and all that, that simple concept. And so in terms of research, um, there, they still haven't, found from what I know, in fact, there's a um, researcher over in England who is really looking to try to figure out specifically what it is in nature that does what it does for us. But for me personally, I don't need to know that. I just know it works and I know it works for so many people. Um, my goal or intention is really just to inspire and engage people with nature and let nature do what it needs to do you know kind of like reiki you go in there and you're just the the, the being the conduit and let whatever energy is supposed to come for that person come um i feel it's very much the same with nature and i was just on a, a national call i'm um part of a, gr a group that i participate in and you know, there was a, a doctor talking about how we need more research. And, and I do believe it helps from the perspective of what's called upstream interventions, where we can shift public policy and funding and, and things like that. But, you know, in terms of we don't have time to sit here and just keep doing research and doing research with what's going on in the world. We need people now to be connected for their health and well-being um, urgently. And I think one of the silver linings, again, of this pandemic is, I don't know about where you are, but we have never seen people in our area flooding to nature and parks and bike riding. I was just talking to a mom this morning who said that she needed her bike, her husband's bike broke and they went to a bike store and they're on like a waiting list because so many people are now biking. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but in terms of research, you know, one of the things on my social media and my blog and what I do is I weave in studies. For example, there was a big study about how we need to spend 120 minutes out in nature a week. It was, it was a, that 120 minutes 
um, was significant for improving our health and well-being. And it didn't matter where, whether you did 10 minutes at a time, whether you gardened, whether you just sat on a park bench, it was just really being uh, communing with nature. And that showed a, a significant difference. Now, I think most of us who are in this um, line of thinking are like, don't don't go out with a stopwatch and, and track your time just, you know, because we're so anal now about our digital devices, you know, just go out and just listen to yourself and feel yourself and see what you feel you need. Like some days you may just need to go out and have lunch on a porch and, and let the sun hit your face. But other days you may need more what I call raw nature and really a good hike in the woods to get what you need. And just really being slowing down and, and tuning into what we as individuals need. Okay. I love what you're saying on so many levels. Yes, we do not have time. And I, I feel like if anything, the amount of clarity that has been provided and that continues to be provided because like, you know, people are talking about every day, people are talking about people who died. Like we don't have time. And I absolutely agree, Sue, that it's kind of, to me, it's like now or never, like do your business or get off the pot. Like, let's go stop talking about it and be about it. So yes, 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 yes. And I think a silver lining. I'm always finding the helpers. Like Fred Rogers always said, always find the helpers because they are everywhere. And um, I think what the pandemic has, it's really allowing us to go back to old school patterns. People are sitting around the dinner table connecting. People are getting out into nature where before they'd be on a video game or before they'd be at work or on the bus or, um, so the lake that I go to that's three miles from my house that I post always on social media, Lake Harriet, the the road around the lake is blocked off so people can really social distance and also um, enjoy the nature. And I feel like for me personally, the reason that nature is so healing is because um, it reminds me that I'm completely supported. Um I just, I could have the worst day of my life and I go to the lake and it's like, it all just falls away. Yeah. The water, the water is probably one of the aspects that I love the most. And, um, you know, I've been questioning and interviewing people about what nature does and things. And one of the, um, women I interviewed for our healthy green thumbs, interview we did last fall during breast cancer month um, was a three-time breast cancer survivor and we talked about the role of nature in her healing and she talked about being able to go to the local pool and just dive in and submerge herself and I love the way she said that she said the stress just dissolves and I just thought like oh what a perfect way to describe it it just you know the the water just uh, you know soaks it all out of you and there's so much research building now about especially about water and um programs that are integrating water into uh, healing. I think some of the most profound things are with our veterans who I've um, been participating with as part of the Blue Mind group, which is a book written by Wallace J. Nichols. He's another person you may want to interview. 
um, he started this whole thing about water being, and he's actually a turtle researcher, but he want, talks about the cognitive and emotional and spiritual benefits of water. Um, and so through the Force Blue team who are retired veterans, special ops veterans, they were the divers that, you know, dive at night and things like that and do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, they're just an amazing team that they now link with marine biologists to restore coral reefs and save turtles. So they, they're still doing missions and using their diving skills, but they're using it in a whole new way. And so the, the water and the missions are healing them as they heal the planet, which I just think is amazing. And I think this is the kind of opportunity that and program that will um, be an opportunity for us to help heal all these frontline healthcare workers who are experiencing this deep level of trauma and will have potentially PTSD or already do have it, will be immensely grieving. We are gonna need to reach out to um, uh, nature retreat centers and places and parks. We are gonna need the parks to give us the okay to use that as therapeutic space just the way that there is um, legislation proposed for veterans to be able to use it as therapeutic space. Um, because this, this giving them the opportunity to just be with nature will allow um, all of these healers to have some space to download and process all they've gone through and feel supported. And they're gonna need other things, you know, counseling and um, like Headstrong Project, which works with the veterans, has a zero, 100% uh, uh, no um, suicide rate because they uh, use specific modalities to treat PTSD. So I'm not saying that nature by itself, like just going out for a hike is gonna like, you know, wash away all your problems, but it's definitely something um, that needs to be integrated into all of our lives for health promotion and then in terms of how it can help us heal. Um, so I think that's gonna be really important. And one example is like the Lake Austin Spa. They have a nonprofit arm that they specifically focus on helping to heal first uh, EMTs. And they use the lake and the stand-up paddleboarding and have had profound shifts in their level of pain and healing just by using the water. So I think it's really, um, some amazing stuff and I could go on and on about specific research with water. Um, but it's, uh, I hope if anyone's listening and knows of opportunities of ways that we can partner with people and people who are willing and corporations who are willing to help fund this kind of support that we're going to need to do for our frontline healthcare workers, they can certainly reach out to me and we can get stuff really rolling uh, fast because I have a whole network of people who are ready, ready and willing to help. Uh, this was incredible. What an incredible way to use a resource that's we already have, right? It's nature. And a lot of these places aren't being utilized to, to help the healing of all these incredible frontline workers. So thank you. And yes, please, everybody, we'll give Sue's information um, at the end here. Let's talk a little bit about, um, so if someone's like, let's say they're new to nature or they, you know, you have so many different ways that you help people. Maybe it would help to uh, just share with people the types of work that you do either with individuals or groups. And then maybe 
some simple ways people could start to dip their, literally dip their toe in the water of this nature. Okay. Well, one of the things on my website is like a menu of services. So people can go to the naturenurse.com and there's a menu of services there. Um, generally, I am available to, my goal is um, at this point, I think that because this need is so immense and the opportunity is so great, I'm trying to look at it from a um, more of a program or a big picture perspective as opposed to individual one-on-one. -on -one. Although, you know, if people really feel that need, they can reach out to me and I can see what I can do for them. Um, I have, right before the pandemic, it, it took me quite a while to coordinate with our one of our local parks to get permission to use the park to do group um, programs where we would you go and do like what I call like a four-hour retreat. I wanted to do it with women where again I would teach them evidence-based strategies and actually have them practice them in nature so that they can assess whether they're, they do anything for them and then they could take it away and because I, I wanted to target women because I think women are such key um, people who in families and communities make things happen and share information so but that was obviously put on hold right now but you know so whether it's speaking or creating programs for people um, on my website there's a blog that has a lot of information about how they can um, integrate nature into their lives. There's all my social media channels. I'm on everything except for Snapchat right now, the YouTube channel. So a simple way with the YouTube channel, there's um, several videos now. Two main things they want to may take a look at is one, there's a playlist of relax with nature. And there is evidence to show that just looking at videos and pictures of nature helps us relax and get all the feel good hormones going and relax the cortisol. So that's something that, and I purposely made them short and in different types of nature so that they can um, just take 10 minutes and, and take a look at those. Um, another thing is our Healthy Green Thumbs campaign, which Cliff, Julian, the nurse farmer, and I started last summer. And this is about growing plants for to promote your health and well-being. So it's not just gardening and growing vegetables, which it does have a lot of that. But we talk about, you know, whether you have a, a, a succulent in your window or an orchid or you're growing microgreens in your kitchen or we have, we try to make it as encompassing for everybody, whether you live in a um, house, a townhome, or you're in, you know, one of these studio apartments that are becoming more popular. We're also going to be doing more focusing on community gardening and reaching out with Atia Wells, who's an amazing person, another person you may want to tap into. She has done phenomenal work in um, Baltimore. She actually has a farm there and fundraises and gets like, she, they just bought the, the, farmhouse that was accompanying the farm and so she's a real go-getter up-and-coming superstar already a superstar um so community gardening gardening is another way if you don't have access it's a great way to engage with people and these are becoming more popular um there's there's just so many ways and i do understand that you know one of the things i experienced because my gardener shop um was in new york right outside of the city and 
I would have a lot of people coming out of New York and some people would actually say to me, well, Sue, you know, and they'd be kind of quiet and shy and they say like, I've never touched dirt, which to me as someone who grew up like making mud pies and moats around our, you know, log cabin Barbie houses, you know, was kind of shocking. But at the same time, I would joke with them. I said, well, you know what, when I go to the city, I don't take the subway unless I'm with someone who's in the city because I don't, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to go get on it and I don't know where I'm going to end up. So we would kind of joke about it, but, you know, little by little, it's just, you know, um, not being afraid and going out there. I do think people need to be aware. And, you know, I have a blog post and this is part of, you know, my terms of use things is that, you know, there, nothing is foolproof. So, you know, while the benefits of nature, most experts agree far outweigh the potential um, harms, we do need to be aware of wherever we are engaging in nature of what we need to be aware of. So, you know, right now we have tick season, you know, down here in North Carolina, we have snakes. Um, so you, you need to know what's around you, you know, back in New York there, the bears are waking up and they're, the black bears are becoming more of the community now. So, um, being aware of what's out there, wearing the proper clothing, you know, uh, gear, all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you're, uh, cautious, there's so many resources, of course, right now things are a little more limited, but, you know, as things start to ease up where you can reach out to park rangers or your local park and ask, you know, people to help you with programs so that you don't have to be introduced to it on your own. So many incredible resources. Okay. So I just want to, um, your website is the naturenurse.com. Mm -hmm. And what is your YouTube channel? Everything is all the social media, social media channels are at the nature nurse. So whether you go on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, I think those are all of them that we're on right now. Wonderful. And then if people want to sign up for the Healthy Green Thumbs campaign, that's on your website? Yeah, there's a specific page there on the website. And you can also scroll to the bottom and all of our past newsletters are there. As well as on YouTube, we have a playlist of Healthy Green Thumbs videos. We now have, I think, 22 videos on how to grow plants. Because um, we just really want to inspire and get people going. And, you know, don't be afraid to fail. It's like anything else. It's you know, really, again, back to that whole thing about joy. Go in with the intention to find joy in, in engaging with nature. And nature will naturally, no pun intended, lead you. So good. I, well, I just want to thank you for all the things that you're doing to connect people, uh, to teach people how to engage with nature. It is so empowering to see, um, we have a huge community garden at a, like a retirement community close to where I live. I mean, it is, it's like a, a city block. It's huge. And there's something very, uh, inspiring, empowering about literally creating your own food and and what it does for humans and community members and getting them together so i, I want to thank you so much for educating me educating the public and i just want to share this um that's on your website and it's blending the art of caring with the healing power of nature to promote wellness i love that thank you thank you so much for having me and i just want to 
plant, no pun intended again, plant a seed for any other nurses that are out there potentially listening to this is that I know that there's, um, you know, a lot of burnout and moral um, distress out there. And, you know, there is a lot of room in this space. And I think that we need to consider ourselves as a profession to do a hard pivot to get more into promoting health and well-being and easing away from disease care because disease care is not going to be sustainable. And we're seeing that obviously right front and center now. So if for those nurses who are out there who are looking for something new, um, they really may want to consider this kind of thing. And they, they're welcome to reach out to me. I also have a Facebook page of just nature nurses that I've been collecting internationally. And we share research and ideas and opportunities. And they're a great group. Okay, again, thank you so much. And like, here's the thing, if you're a nurse, I believe you can write your ticket. Did you ever imagine in a million years you would be the nature nurse when you first started out? It's incredible. No, but you know, I, I'm 100% with you. In fact, um, you know, another great example of that is Sue Monk Kidd, who was the best-selling author of Secret Life of Bees, as well as other books. You know, she started out as a nurse as well, and I had the opportunity to ask her. Obviously, she retired her nursing degree years ago um, to pursue writing, and I asked her, I said, well, Sue, do you still consider yourself a nurse? You know, they say that, you know, once a Marine, always Marine, and Sue, being as contemplative as she is, um, thought about it and then she looked at me and she said yes and so I think she's still you know healing with words so there's so much room once you've been a nurse I think you can do anything and you can take it in any direction um, it, it's it's has a, a lot of opportunity it's not just about being at the bedside and not that not that there's anything wrong with that obviously we need that and god forbid you know, we all want that if we need it for ourselves and our loved ones. But, you know, um, it's it's not just a, a small box. So I agree 100% with you. Okay, so I think this is just coming up. I need to ask this. Was there something, Sue, that you had to surrender, release, or step into to be able to become the human that you are today? Hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's been probably slowly evolving, but most recently in the past year, um, especially last fall, I had some, um, uh, I felt like I was like stuff, I was just carrying old stuff that I needed to let go of. And I did a lot of work on myself. Um, you know, through therapy and meditation and journaling and all the spiritual kind of things that we tap into. And when I was able to release those things that were holding me back, it's just, it's like the floodgates have opened and I just, um, you know, feel so much more joyful, so much more optimistic, which I think is really my basic nature. Um, and I just see amazing things in front of us despite the darkness that's trying to cloud us over i love it so basically you you, de you decided you know what I, i've been dealing with this and you probably could taste or see a glimpse of what was possible and so by doing the work you 
you have of course been able to blossom into so much more joy and I think that's beautiful because don't you believe Sue that when we I believe that the way that we heal the world is is one human at a time because when we when we do the work especially the women like you were saying like one woman touches at least 100 people and their immediate circle and when we do the healing ourselves it heals every single person in our milieu our vortex our line our our lineage whatever you want to call it um and so I really think it's it creates the ripple effect because you're essentially raising your own vibration. And, and by doing that, you're helping raise the collective vibration, which allows more people to tap into joy. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, this may be for another time because I'm considering actually writing a book. I, I write best in the winter because when it's nice out, I want to be outside. <laughs> so I'm, I'm starting a potential outline of a book. Um, and incorporating some of the ex profound spiritual experiences I've had in nature, um, you know, which I believe that is really what God wants for us, a hundred percent. And it, we just have to keep staying open and keep praying for it, and and keep following the light, and because um, that's really what it's all about. We can have heaven on earth. I, I couldn't agree more. So I think you're, um, I love the download that you got. Don't um, ask, ask what to pray for. So people that are listening, if you feel like your back's against the wall, if you're grieving immensely, who, whomever you believe in, ask, ask what you should pray for. Right. Yeah. It's definitely the universe, whatever, whatever. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not here to tell people what they should believe, you know, um, I have my stuff that I follow the path. Um, but I, you know, I think Madonna said it long ago when she did her spiritual quest and, and came up with all paths lead to God. I think that's a really good way of saying it. Ooh, that gave me angel bumps all over. I think that is a great way to wrap this call up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me and, and the opportunity to share all the amazing nature that's out there. So hopefully everybody will uh, go outside. So seriously, it just, I, I want to make this plug for you. Just reading the blog post on your website was taking me to my favorite lake. Like I... It's just, it's like, anyway, so it's super, it's super incredible. I believe in the power of words and they heal. And so totally check out uh, Sue at thenaturenurse.com. As she said, all of her socials are at the nature nurse on all of the channels. Of course, we'll put everything in the show notes. And again, I bow in deep gratitude and honor and respect for what you have taken. You know, when we can turn pain into purpose, that is like, the most beautiful gift. So thank you. Well, thank you. Oh my gosh. So, so good. So thank you to the listeners as well. Um, if this podcast moves you in any way, please share it with your peeps, small meeps. And I would love it if you would give me a review over on the old iTunes. And until next time, remember that you were always supported, even in the times that you don't feel like you are. And Get out in nature, dip your toe in the water, face your um, face the sun, allow it to wash over you, and um, keep taking those baby steps. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.